Hello there. How are you guys doing? Big thanks for all the downloads. Appreciate it. Uh, hit almost 60,000 last month. That's crazy. Really appreciate that. Cheers. Why anyone listens to this, I have no idea. But it is cool that you do. So, I'm going to continue making them. Today on the JRE Review, we are reviewing episode 1274, Nicholas Christakis. This is an interesting one. Smart guy. Really smart guy. Got into a lot of things. Nick, Nicholas, I call him Nick. Uh, he's a sociologist, physician, and uh, like knows a lot about behavioral science and like why we act the way that we do. And it gives he really gave kind of an interesting insight into like why we do, you know, why people as a society work together, why do we have friends, all the rest of it. Anyway, let's start this review. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review, where each week I review every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. What more do you want? So number one thing that they start out with is the recurring feature of kids in universities and how much of a goddamn pain in the ass they are at the moment. These entitled little bastards are getting super worked up about their rights and what they should be called and how they should be treated and you know i don't mean to be too disrespectful to these kids i know they're just trying to express themselves but i wasn't in college all that long ago and people weren't doing that then you know and this is new and i think it's just a trend that won't last long and then when we look back on it we'll see that this was a way of behaving that was massively problematic right so he talks about why you know these kids are getting like this in in college why is this happening and really he says it's the breakdown of conversation and you see that it's just like one side shouting at the other nothing but extremes there's no middle ground nobody wants to listen everyone wants to be right and you know they're they're really butting heads and you know nicholas talks about well okay so what what leads to these things and why doesn't this work for us? And it doesn't because we're a species that cooperates. So even though we war against each other and we fight a lot as a species, what we're doing is we're doing it with cooperation and we use friendship. And he said that friendships are quite rare. So mates, you have a mate, a lot of mammals and other species will breed, of course, so they have sex and they have a mate whether they mate for life or it just happens once, that's very common. But friendships, not so much. And you do see it in some other ape species and and I guess other herding animals. I, I assume you would call that friendships, right? I mean, if they're herding together. Um, but, I, you know, he's saying that's kind of not it. But why is that? Why is it rare and why is it important? Well, it's rare because there's a lot of competition. So animals will kill the weak ones and other ones within a group. And, you know, that can be pretty bad for you individually. But why it works well for humans is because it's the best way to learn from others. We can learn by their actions. We can watch somebody do something stupid and be like, oh, fuck, I'm not doing that. That was really dumb. Or we see someone do something that works well, that's beneficial. And then we're like, oh, that's useful. I'm going to take that knowledge. So the more of those types of people or the more interactions you have in your life, the more open you are to them, you know, the better you'll fit within your group, right? So that's where kind of agreeableness comes in and it's useful. So if you're finding yourself not being a very agreeable person, you find that you argue a lot, 
but you also feel a little alone, then, you know, whether you think you're right or wrong, you know, it doesn't really matter, but you're not being agreeable enough. So be a little bit more agreeable, argue less, and then you'll get a chance to learn from others. You'll learn more. Learning is super important for us because look at what we can do with it. You know, if we all lived alone, if we if we ran away from people and didn't want to be around them, we wouldn't learn anything, right? We'd just be, we just know what as much as we know as an individual, which wouldn't be a lot. But when we build on top of everything, shit, now we got Teslas, we got spaceships. One individual can build. So this cooperation for us, at least it's seen as is really useful because no one person knows how to build almost anything. But if we work together, we've got all sorts. We've got a lot of really cool shit. So anyway, that's kind of like the point that Nicholas is getting there. And, you know, he's saying it's living alone is a substantial disadvantage, right? And for a lot of reasons, that's probably why it makes us feel depressed when we're isolated from others. Because it's our body telling us this is not the best way to survive. You need to do something else. I'm not going to make you feel good doing this. So off you go. It has to be driving factor, right? Can't just be like unfortunate feelings. Um, but you know, a big part of what's happening as well in these universities and even online with with what's they're banning people from Twitter and all these different places, right? Alex Jones is the newest example for right or wrong, and I, I know a lot of people uh, get up in arms about what he thinks, but it it, it really doesn't matter. It's the it, it doesn't matter what you think of the individual. What matters is that the individual was banned for speaking. And the the solution is not to ban or stifle free speech. It's to allow more people to speak. If someone's saying something dumb, if I'm saying something dumb, then people are going to say, you're dumb, right? That's fine. So there we go. That's how you know. It's fine. But you don't ban somebody for it. I'm not banning anyone. I wouldn't ban the person who said I was dumb. I would laugh and then go, yeah, you're probably right. That's the only discourse that we have. You know, the message changes on its own. People will figure it out, right? But the problem is we're going soft, right? And Nicholas even talks about it when he's talking to Joe. He talks about how we've domesticated ourselves, which I found super interesting. So when you listen to that part of the podcast, pay attention to it. I found it really fascinating, the idea that we have somehow domesticated ourselves. We don't need to be as strong, you know, as... We once were. We allow more of, I guess, weaker people to survive just because of the way that we've set up our system. And how this started to happen, it, from what Nicholas was saying, is that weaker people within a tribe, physically weaker, bound together to kill the more aggressive ones, to overtake them. So then it became actually evolutionary benef- evolutionarily, that's not a word, beneficial to maybe be weaker as long as you could cooperate better. So now we've got like this hunting and pack element, which is stronger than just one person. I mean, if you get 10 guys that can't really fight that good and one guy who's just a beast, you know, even if it's Brock Lesnar, if you've got 10 regular sized men, you might be, you're probably just going to be able to hold them down eventually. I mean, he's going to fuck some people up, but you're going to get in there. Right, so so think of the advantage of that. What is Brock Lesnar? One in a thousand for like physical strength and power. I mean, he's a very unusually unique individual. Yet you could take any ten average dudes with no training, which you could find everywhere, 
How do you find 10 average dudes? What are the chances of going outside now and finding 10 average men? Pretty high, because they're just average. And you just need those 10 to take out this very unique super warrior. It really takes a lot of power away from what the super warrior is. So this is kind of what he's saying. We've domesticated ourselves, but it works. We have greater cooperation, so we're learning faster because we're interacting in that better way. And that builds like a really useful skill. And I like that. I like that a lot. He also talked a little bit about evolution. I don't know if he was an evolutionary um, scientist, but he is a very smart and qualified person, so he probably knows a lot about it. But one of the questions that they were talking about is just, um, you know, evolution doesn't work if you don't die, right? So that's why it doesn't make sense to make anything immortal, Right? Why is no life immortal? Because we just need to really live long enough to make kids, and then after that we can just slowly be dying you know, while we try and hold the system together and pass more knowledge. I mean, really, all, all our value after the point of the kids being born would be is raising them to where they can exist on their own, which is only, like, what, 17 years, really? I mean, a kid can figure it out then. It's not great, but they could. And then after that, it's just passing knowledge. So, you know, again, why don't we live forever? Well, accidents will happen. You know, you're going to die eventually of something just by accident, hit by a car or whatever, uh, no matter how, you know, and you'd have to make the world so safe for it not to happen. So I found that quite interesting. Also, it's probably really beneficial that generations don't last too long, like people aren't living 500 years at a time, because in a way, I old ideas would take longer to recycle themselves. You know what I mean? Like when Joe had, <clears throat> excuse me, that lady on last week that was talking about uh, the old medical science and surgeries and things, and the, the doctors didn't believe in germ theory, and they were pushing back on it. Well, the guy that was really pushing for germ theory and wanted people to know about it, he went to the younger students, the doctors, the new generation, and they accepted it, took it on, and eventually this idea just kind of like worked its way out. That's probably how ideas work. It probably is very beneficial that old generations leave and new ones come. To think that people would change their minds when they're like 300 years old about something that they've believed for a long time, that's probably not going to happen. So that would be a big problem as well so maybe that's an issue you know now that we're like getting people to live longer if we can use CRISPR and get people to live 200 years we might find that it actually slows down our development who knows I'm probably just talking bullshit but I have had a lot of coffee so it's not unlikely I'll be saying that the big thing the big takeaway from this one I liked is talking about skills learn a skill and learn it well, master it. It almost doesn't matter what it is. If you enjoy it and you learn it well, it has value. You can use that value either to get paid or just take a lot of pride in knowing something that awesome. And then, of course, Joe gives his favorite quote from Miyamoto Musashi. If you know the way broadly, you see it in all things. Which means, really, if you're really fucking good at one thing, if you master one thing, you can start mastering lots of others because you see the types of steps that it takes to master something. And the, the mastery doesn't even need to be the same thing. It can be a very different thing, right? But you know that it takes hard work, dedication, practice, working at it a little bit every day, not quitting. 
I mean, Joe's message is he got really good at Taekwondo. He knew what it took. Took a lot of training. It was very scary. He had to push hard at it. He had to keep going. He had to see where that future laid. And he had to know how to plan it out, right? Did the same thing with comedy and other things that he's done well at. That's how he was able to pull that stuff together. And I like it. I think that message goes very well with the whole the whole podcast. Also, bit of housekeeping. Sounds like Joe is off next week. He said he was going on vacation pretty soon. He was going to read this guy's book, take it with him. And therefore, uh, he might be off next week. Uh, just a bit of a, an idea. I'm not sure. He doesn't usually announce that he's leaving. But if that's the case, this week I will be doing JRE Classics. I will be going back, looking at classic um, podcasts, ones that are just awesome. Maybe I'll do an Anthony Bourdain one out of respect for that guy. God bless him. Miss him. And, uh, and yeah, so if you have any, when I get a message, please message me. And if I get any good suggestions on old podcasts to review... Um, I'll do it. And the reason I do those is not just to fill time and have a podcast for the sake of it, but it's to go back and listen to other good ones that maybe people have forgotten about or newer JRE, Joe Rogan fans have not listened to because they're barely keeping up with the massive amounts of podcasts that he releases um, every week. But, you know, it's nice to go back and find some old cool ones and go over them. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, I appreciate you. See you later.